listening to the Hometown Losers, the St. Louis Sports Podcast, with Josh, Adam, and OJ. Hey everybody, welcome back here to the Hometown Losers Podcast, session number 34 coming at you. I'm joined by always with my uh, co-host here in OJ and Adam. Gentlemen, how are we doing today? I'm doing great. Glad to be back here. How is it going for you, OJ? It's going pretty good for me. Awesome. Normal day. How's it going for you, uh, Josh? You know, same old, same old, right? As uh, OJ just put out, you know, it's pretty much a normal day, normal week for us. And uh, Other than being a million degrees, but yeah. Yeah, man, this wave. Uh, it's so it's so funny, you know. Next week I'm gonna be going on vacation to Florida, and I'm sitting there the entire time, like, man, this was, like, I'm excited to go. Don't get me wrong, but I was kind of like, man, it's gonna be really hot. But at the same time, I think it might be cooler in Florida be than it is up here. Yeah, next week. yeah. Guarantee it'll be better heat. than this crap. Yeah, it's been super. It's been super. Uh, speaking of soupy, let's talk about the Cardinals, guys. Uh, <laughs> Don't don't take any pleasure out of it, but it is what it is at this point. So quick we update. We all know it's miserable. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, everyone knows, but it is what it is. Um, so just a quick update. They're 56 and 72. So the last session, uh, they were 54 and 67. Uh, so that just tells you they went two and five in that week span. Uh, they're 14 and a half games back in the central now. 11 games back in the uh, for the last spot of that wild card. Um, what this translates to for the Cardinals, they're last in the central 14th in the NL out of 15 and 26 out of 30 for MLB. Obviously the team's atrocious. Um, we continue to talk about it every time, you know, it, it gets brought up, but you know, it is what it is. We do have some new faces here and some of these guys have actually kind of been like up and down, um, in the season, but they're filling in a lot of those, uh, injuries that we have right now. So, Five that I want to talk about specifically is Drew Rahm. Drew Rahm did make his uh, major league appearance just uh, recently. Mason Wynn finally got the call up. Uh, Richie and then uh, OG might have to help me out here as the guy that took Spanish out of the three of us. But Richie, is it uh, Palacios, the oh, outfielder? A lot. I'd have to look at it. Where Where's the accent at? Well, there, uh, there's no accent marks on his name. But oh, he, so then uh, it should just be – I think it's just – Palacios, if I'm not mistaken. Palacios. Okay, yeah, but, like because there's no accent, so it should be pronounced as the way it's spelled, right? Yeah, which theoretically, well, it should. So it's the general rule is the second to last vowel is what normally gets the accent. So what you were saying mm-hmm. originally would be right, but I don't think it applies to this one. But I could be wrong, you know. But uh, somebody that actually speaks Spanish would have to weigh in on that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no kidding. Uh, but yeah, well, yeah, Palacios, I think we'll just kind of go with that. Um, the next one then is Jacob yeah. Barnes, a uh, relief pitcher. And then we have uh, Casey Lawrence, uh, also a relief pitcher. Um, so real quick here, what I'm going to do, um, we're just going to talk about how they're doing. We're going to uh, go through one player at a time, and uh, I'm going to go through – some of the statistics, excuse me, and then I'll get you guys' reaction here. So let's talk about Drew Rahm, who made his first appearance against the Pirates. Uh, he's 0-1 now in that one appearance. He's got a whopping ERA of 14.73. That's because he only pitched 3.2 innings um, and couldn't get through four. He struck out four, but has a whip of 3.27. So for anybody that does not know what whip is, that is a runner on um, in every inning. Uh, in inning. 
so essentially that's equating to 3.25 runners on per inning. He gave up eight hits in eight runs, eight runs in that 3.2 innings. Um, and just a little note, Rom was one of the uh, pitchers that was traded in the Flaherty trade. Um, was a lot of people sell him as the heir apparent to Flaherty. Uh, not a great start here, but was there anything else uh, that we kind of saw out of this, um, you know, that looks positive? Adam, I'm going to start with you here. What's your thoughts on the Drew Rom experiment so far? Yeah, so, I mean, overall, I'm not a Rom hater yet or anything, but I'm also not, you know, uh, a huge fan of his yet either. So, obviously, um, you know, I, I think we're going to have to see a little bit more from him. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I think of all the prospects that – um, you know, coming in, I would rank him near the bottom for sure of the guys that we, you know, that we have coming up or, you know, these, the new faces we have coming in for sure. But, uh, yeah, I think we're going to just have to, you know, continue to see him. I mean, he's the, the dude's like 23, you know, um, and it's only one outing. So let's just see if it was to shake up the nerves or whatever and see if he can, you know, get into, uh, the swing of things, you know, um, especially, you know, coming in mid-season and whatnot for him, uh, it'll be interesting to see uh, if maybe we can just work with him a little bit and, you know, shake those nerves a bit and and give him another chance for sure. Now, OJ, what's your what's your take on this? You know, as a guy that looks at it probably a little bit more positively than what Adam and I have been all season long, what's your, what's your thought process here on Rom so far? I mean, yes, is the one appearance, um, but, you know, didn't look great. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, uh, that's his first MLB appearance, so mm-hmm. yeah, not not great. But he's only 23, 23 year old pitcher, so he's pretty far away from his prime. Uh, I think people say usually it's like twenty eight is kind of when pitchers seem to come into their prime. But anyway, mm-hmm. so the point is he's very young, first MLB appearance, pretty bad, for sure, terrible. Uh, as a prospect, the big the big knock on him from what I see on fan graphs, at least is his fastball, which they say tops at it as a 30 grade fastball. So terrible, terrible fastball. But according to them, and so uh, real, real quick, OJ, at least 50 on every other category. So, you know, slider splitter and command are all above average. So mm-hmm. it doesn't mean there's so nothing we- workable there, but yeah, go ahead with what you're going to, so w- w- I just want so our listeners to understand it a little bit more too. When you're talking about his fastball specifically, because I read something about that as well. So you said it was a 30 grade. Like, w- w- how does that 30. work to your knowledge? So it's on on the 2080 scale. So like, what it is is, you know, halfway between there was like 50 is average, and then mm-hmm. every 10 above or below that is a standard deviation away from the average. So a 30 grade is two standard deviations worse than the average fastball. So it's a terrible fastball. <laughs> like yeah, probably I got you. barely major league caliber. So, uh, but then, like I was saying, he's got at least, you know, they give him a 55 slider, 50 splitter and 55 command as feature values for the other categories. Uh, so while his fastball is God awful, like there's something there where, that you can see how he could find a way to making it work. I mean, he's obviously made it to the majors now, so he's made it work enough. But uh, to be more, uh, I guess, specific, I, you'd say, 
is that he's actually had a pretty good year in AAA this year, too, if you're looking for positives. Mm-hmm. Uh, with Baltimore, he had a 534 ERA uh, in AAA this season, but that's like, I want to say that's about average for. Yeah, that it's on average about 526 ERA. Um, yeah. But if you look over, looking at the total in his seasons, he has about a 482. Um, overall. So he's actually a little above, you know, as, as you know, or I should say below league average or whatever, 526. So So, now uh, he, he is, yeah, I was going to say, it looks like his walks will look a little high in my opinion. Um, Mm -hmm. from what I'm seeing here, he's on average, like four point eight. Well, they're going to say with this past year with Baltimore, like 4.81 or like 4.8. So it's actually, it's it's around a hair better than the league average there too, but yeah. Yeah, and, and as I look at this, I guess uh, I should say I'm not as I just saw something that uh, made me let like you said his walks probably too high. He generally seems to have at least a healthy strikeout rate, but the walk rate's too high to mm-hmm. it kind of offsets it a little too much at times. So I mean he has mm-hmm. an incredible. He's had like an incredible two games in St. Louis's AAA system since we acquired him, but then he had that absolute blow up in the majors. So is that really yeah. count for? You know, yeah. but yeah, he definitely seems like you don't know. I don't think that you'll be able to strike people out, and uh, well, he won't be a good enough strikeout pitcher. Let's say if you're trying to add one of those, he's not really going to fit the bill, and maybe yeah. he could be like a crafty kind of fifth starter that'll you know maybe win every other game or get you know he'll get blown out every other game but give you a good chance to win every other game too you know like maybe like a useful kind of guy or mm-hmm. a, like the veteran at major league like we talked about last the last week he's yeah. got the jalapeno uh, the stuff in his nose and he's got vaseline <laughs> in his arm yeah he's gonna be that crappy you know guy yeah and he's and probably more more than likely though he probably winds up in the bullpen in a in a low leverage yeah. role Mm-hmm. Most likely. Yeah. I mean, his fastball is a 91 mile an hour fastball. So with no it's not going to blow up. Yeah. Too. That was it the has, thing that yeah. I read about it. It, yeah. it does not have much ride on it. Yeah. 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 I did read somebody say it. Uh, somebody that was analyzing it say that it kind of has a little bit of a cut to it, but yeah, I don't think it's a whole lot either there. So. But it, it's, it's not like Randy Randy Johnson, for example. I mean, obviously Randy Johnson threw the ball so damn hard, but towards the beginning of his his outing, you can tell Randy Johnson like if he was going to have a really good night or if he was going to have an okay night because of how his the movement on that fastball was going. Because when he got tired towards the end of the game, his fastball was just still. And now he's still throwing heat. I mean, he's still throwing 103, 104, even to like the seventh inning, right? But it was just it was more flat lined. You know, mm-hmm. and here that that's the kind of the, that's the thing that made, you know, Manero Rivera so feared wasn't even that the fastball was so fast or anything like that. He was just so damn accurate and the movement he could have with his cutter was just ridiculous. And that's where, you know, going to your point, OJ, I'm not I didn't see any. I've only I didn't watch the game. So I watched like clips of him pitching and stuff like that in uh, of that game. And I didn't see anything that really stood out to me that was like, okay, that's impressive or something to work on. He seemed to have an okay breaking ball. Um, to your point, OJ, apparently in the futures, that's where they have him at as well. But that fastball was just, I mean, it, it really betrayed him. A, he didn't have control of it, but B, it was very flat. 
Yeah, yeah. He he definitely needs to command all of his pitches to make to have any kind of success in the major leagues. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And actually, uh, to that point, too, I really want to uh, point something out real quick to the listeners that may or may not know, especially you know for Triple A, Double A, and minor leagues. We were talking about that ERA, the uh, the 5.26 on being average. That seems very very high, right? But there's two things. One, MLB itself, the average, I think, is like 3.8 or something like that for major league pitchers. That's because offenses, obviously, to put a premium on offense. Uh, two, when you're in the AAA, they will typically keep you in situations that they wouldn't keep you in the MLB to see how you handle that to get to give you more experience. Um, so that is partially re- one of the reasons why you have such an inflated ERA also, you're working on different pitches because it's not necessarily like, OK, you know, obviously you want to win the game. You want to be competitive and let, let your statistics show. But you're also there to learn and to train for the show eventually just to kind of put that in perspective, because five point like five point two six on average for AAA seems very high. But honestly, anybody that's lower than that is already up in the major leagues anyways. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, I mean, it's really just more of a product of. Uh, this year's offensive environment in AAA being insane and in the international leagues specifically, it's even more so than some of the other, like the Florida coast league and all that. Uh, some of the point too. Yeah. I'm trying to remember what the one is that, uh, yeah. But anyway, the point is that, uh, like the, the run environment for the Cardinals for Memphis, uh, is isn't as bad even as that league. Like, it's just crazy. Mm. But uh, then if you look at his, like, FIP and XFIP and stuff, those are actually better than average in in that league. So that's what I meant. Like, he's having kind of a solid year in AAA, but it's just tough to see how he's going to make it all play in the majors. Like, he really needs to become just an artist uh, with his pitches. And if he does that, then he can have himself a nice little career. But otherwise, he's just – If he can't locate – things other than his fastball his fastball is going to get destroyed so yeah well let's uh move on here to the second one to mason win this was the big conversation that we had it was super funny after last week we talked about mason win coming up and pretty much like made our case for it and i guess mo was listening because literally 30 minutes after we completed the <laughs> session of session 33 we, the message hit on espn that mason Wynn was getting called up i thought that was absolutely hilarious i'm like wow that is sure. uh, that's yeah, that was cool <laughs> yeah so mason win has been up uh he has played in six games <laughs> at the shortstop position he's got 23 total at bats five hits one double in those five hits one rbi six strikeouts one stolen base he's hitting at an average of 217 on base also 217, which means obviously he's not walking, and a slug of 261. Uh, his defense numbers, his defensive numbers look pretty good uh, so far. Well, they're okay. They're not, like, fantastic or whatever. He, he's got 1,000 fielding positions, 12 assists. He's got zero putouts, um, which is kind of expected from a shortstop. He did uh, was a part of two double plays. His war is a negative 0.1, which is kind of somewhat average, and it's obviously it's, it's right there, right? Um, you know, what's our thoughts on Mason wins so far? Uh, OJ, I want to start with you on this one. Well, I mean, so first of all, I'll say you can't really look at war with like how many games. I know. Played six six games. Games. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. He's, he's, that's why I, I didn't mean to sound like that. I'm just trying to get the statistics. Cause like, I don't think he's played terrible, but it's not like he's doing Arenado things. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, uh, I mean, let's see. So 
Yeah, he hasn't been hitting very well, like really much at all in the majors yet. But you could argue that's probably some pressing and all that because at least in AAA, you know, again, AAA, remember, they have super inflated offensive numbers. But even by WRC+, Plus, which is adjusted for the league, uh, he was still like 7% better than average as a, and that's, that's including like a very dismal first couple months in triple a, which right, uh, yeah. is another good point. Uh, <laughs> yeah. He also started out very slow in triple a, but then like the last couple months, he's been absolutely on fire there. Like, I mean, I want to say July, he had like a 173 WRC plus or something like that. Like, Literally, and it went down a little bit in August, but it was still like well above average for that league, which is like crazy for a 21 year old in AAA. Like, <laughs> but anyway, so I think there's going to be a little bit of an acclimation period, and that's what he's going through right now. But uh, he's showing all the signs of being an absolute stud to me. So. I think that goes back to what we talked about uh, last session, that it was important to have these games that are low-pressure situations. So when he is not doing well, hitting right, like obviously batting 217 is not where he wants to be. Um, it's not where we want him to be either, obviously. But there's no pressure because it's not like anything's really on the line. Um, right. So I do believe that, you know, that's it, it's important for his growth. And as you said, OJ, he definitely – you know, people tend to forget that he started this year at AAA, but he was in AA, if I remember correctly, the year prior. Starting AAA was also pretty slow. He had a good training camp, right? Um, and he had um, some good spring games with us and stuff, but never really, like, you know, made, like, eye-popping numbers or anything like that. Obviously, he got to the AAA level, struggled a little bit, but hopefully maybe that's what will happen here in the major leagues, you know. Adam, what's your thought process yeah. here so far? Watching I agree. Win? You know, watching him, obviously, I'm excited that, you know, he's, uh, you know, he's finally here and, you know, obviously are be looking forward. Um, you know, he's here for the future for sure. And obviously, you know, to your point, using this opportunity to, uh, you know, get him comfortable, uh, you know, in the majors. I think this is going to take a little more time, you know, dealing with major league, you know, pitching and whatnot. Um, but I think, you know, just keep putting him in uh, game after game. And I think that, uh you know, he'll start performing, you know, it's just going to take a little time. Um, but, um, you know, uh, I feel that obviously the way he's performing in Memphis, uh, he's shown that he's very talented. Um, you know, so I expect that, uh, you know, with, uh, with a little time and, you know, spending some time here in the majors, uh, especially getting some play time for him is going to be beneficial for him and, and he'll come around. I think so as well. It's obviously is an important piece to our future. Um, and I, I think that, that right now there's really not any pressure for him to like, you know, try to go up there and transcend what he's then just getting on base. Um, exactly. Hopefully again, the back can come around a little bit, you know, before the end of the year, give us a little bit more hype. Cause I do believe he's going to be starting um, at shortstop next year. Um, but you know, it's it's going to be interesting to see what, how they end up working that. Uh, you know, maybe Tommy Edmond becomes an outfielder and you put Donovan at second base. I don't know. But that's something that we, you know, we'll definitely talk about towards the end of the year as everything kind of progresses. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. All right. Looking at looking at the third one here, Richie uh, Palacios. Uh, Pal oh, my gosh. Palacios. Uh, I don't know why we were saying Palacios. 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 
Palacios. Jeez, I don't know why. Palacios. Okay. It's just like I wrote it differently here. Like, I guess I whatever. Anyway, Palacios. Um, he's actually doing a little bit better than Mason Wynn at this I point. I was looking he forward not, to him for sure. Yeah. He's played in seven games, 18 at bats. Uh, so less at bats than uh the Mason Wynn would comparatively with 23. That being said, he also does have two walks, so really 20 plate appearances. Um, he's got seven <laughs> hits, two doubles, one home run, one run, six RBIs in the mm-hmm. short time he's been here. He has struck out twice, but his average is 389 on, on base percentage is 310 and a slugging of 667, uh, mm-hmm. which is pretty impressive so far. And defensively, he hasn't looked terrible either. Um, I think he's actually done pretty well. OJ, what's your thought process so far on Richie Rich over here? <laughs> well, he, uh, to me, he seems pretty intriguing because I had no idea who he was. Uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, I mean, then he's got the sports goggles. And next thing you know, he's just making plays all over the field, like, you know, robbing home runs, driving in runs. Like, <laughs> right. It's like, holy crap, we got a guy that maybe could <laughs> could be something. Because then, you know, when I saw that they had him in center field, I was like, oh, he can play center field now. OK, well, that changes a lot because, you know, he's been hitting for average pretty well. He's been. He generally has run a pretty good on base percentage in the minors. Like he doesn't hit for a lot of power, but he can get on base and hit for average, which again, hitting for average is important because you need to drive in runs sometimes, you know, everybody can't just be a walk machine. So yeah, I'll uh, take, uh, you know, I'll take everybody hitting 350, you know, everybody hitting yeah, right. with no home runs. Yeah. I'll, I'll take that in a heartbeat, you know, especially that's the Cardinals way. And to me, that's something that is more the Cardinals way. That was watching, Whitey ball. That's, yeah. 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 I mean, honestly, I think it's a good to have a balanced lineup with all that can score in all kinds of different ways mm-hmm. because but we have the Nottos and we have the Goldies yeah. that can kind of do that portion as well. But, you know, it's nice to have these guys that are well balanced. I just would like to have like a high average guy to put in like the six, seven hole where you can maybe try and clean up on some of those uh, occasions when you're top of the lineup doesn't get on but like your number three hitter does you know like <laughs> mm-hmm. something like that so anyway <clears throat> the point is uh he, he's played very well he has like a solid minor league track record from what i can see so i if he plays good defense in center field if he really does then uh i mean he might be the guy we want in center field going forward because yeah. if not I don't know we have a true center fielder on our roster since we got rid of Bader. Yeah. And, and obviously we have Norman like, and Newbar potentially coming back, but obviously it'll be nice to get a rotation of again as well, you know? Yeah. And, and to that yeah. point, Adam, that's a good point, but I don't believe that either one of those two are true center fielders as OJ's point. You're I think right. that our, when we traded Bader, we expected, uh, you know, bro Neal to be able to step mm-hmm. into that role, which let's be honest, he should have been able to, I mean, he's got a lot of speed, um, but he definitely feels like he's, he's better suited for left, you know, left field, mm-hmm. um, which is just kind of interesting. Um, but he just seems to be more comfortable there. I guess the, where he you know, spent all his time so far, really. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I'd probably way more comfortable making reads out there and everything. So, 
I understand that. Yeah. That's what I'm. Yeah, 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 that's kind of what I'm saying. Like none of them all really fit the bill, unless I mean maybe Tommy Edmond could if he could, because he mm-hmm. looked the most like Bader out there to me. Where he got, he almost got to a ball this season in center field that I don't think Newt Farr, Carlson, or Neil get close to. And he got, it was like a Bader kind of play. And I'm starting to think if he actually puts a lot of time into it in the off season, maybe he could take over in center field also. I don't know, but I just, I really, really like having a super speedy, like got all the instincts and everything kind of center fielder like Harrison Bader was for us. I love having that so much. Like it feels so good having those guys out there. They're fun to watch and you know that they're not going to, you're not going to give up a lot of cheap hits to the outfield, you know? So I, I kind of want to get that back. And let's be honest. We, we, we as Cardinals fans grew up with Jim Emmons and we became spoiled because Jim Emmons <laughs> exactly. was just a highlight yeah. reel. You know what I mean? Absolutely. He was always on that, Just like we got used to Yadier Molina, you know, mm-hmm. we, yeah. and let's be honest here too. Third base has been very <laughs> special for the Cardinals for a very long time. Yes, yeah. we had the David Freeze era, but David Freeze is, you know, didn't have like the defensive skill set that Scott Rowland before him had, or obviously Arenado, which came, you know, after him. But to be said, you can't like David Freeze's name is going to live in legend in St. Louis history for of what course he did he will. in the playoffs. You know what I mean? So like you still have that, you know, so it's he just kind of interesting. definitely like passable over there too i don't remember him being yeah, particularly oh, I bad i mean i know he had that no. drop in in game six also before he came back and saved yeah. the day but <laughs> yeah he did uh, he definitely did but that's what but that's what i'm saying oj like he wasn't he wasn't terrible you know what i mean yeah. but at the same time like he's still a big name because of what he did in the playoffs and the heroics that went around that but you-, you know you just go ahead well, I'm just going to say, we're used to having gold glovers, period. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's we're spoiled with that. Not to you say that David I mean? Freeze was a gold glover. But no, but just in <laughs> general, we're, yeah. we as yeah. a Cardinals you know, fans, we're used to having gold gloves you know, all over the field. Well, we're used know? to competence. We're used to competence yeah. all over the field. Like, there's Damn right. a minimum level of defense required to get on that field. They're always – I mean, that's why I don't like the DH, but – you know, that aside, uh, the other guys, at least in this game, like there is like a minimum level of competence you need to even earn the right to go hit. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I I just think maybe the Cardinals eschewed that a little bit this year. <laughs> That's one of the it certainly helped amplify some of their problems with pitching. So, yeah. And Adam, you bring up a great point. You know, like I would, I'm just going to use this as an example, right? So gold glove, right. In 2004 for the catching position was won by Mike Matheny in 2006. It was won by Yadier Molina. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, and obviously it's a little weird that Yadier Molina overshadowed what Mike Matheny did to me. Of course. Uh, Like, and just in my opinion, what he did defensively and offensively because Yadier was just so different, but Mike Matheny was phenomenal behind a plate too. So it's just kind of funny, you know, like, again, mm-hmm. as you said, we're just we're so used to it at this point. Maybe you are a little selfish. Well, you know, it's just that we are up to, up until this season. Well, I should say not this season. There's been the past, you know, couple seasons for sure. But this season is has certainly highlighted it more than more than most, for sure. Um, you know, that uh, that we're lacking in that department, you know. So we have some, mm-hmm. we definitely have, you know, some, some gaps and it, it's also frustrating too, not to go off on this tangent, but 
you know, we see a lot of the great pitchers that we had uh, as well, and they're out on all these other teams and they're doing great things, you know, and here we are struggling. So it's frustrating, you know, when you see these guys and they're they're out, you know, on all these other teams and you see them, you know, they're they're really succeeding. And here you are struggling. You're like, damn it. You know, if only we had that back. Right. Yeah. So it is what it is. Yeah. But we'll get there eventually. You know, it's not like this is going to last forever. And obviously we're looking towards our future. So, you know. Yeah. So yeah, what's your thought process, nice Adam? On, had oh, some, uh, oh, sorry. No, no, go ahead. I, I don't I don't need to add on to that. Adam, I was just going to ask you, to, what's your thought process on uh, Palacios as well? Yeah, Palacios. I, I was really excited about him, you know, coming in, honestly, you know, looking at his stats. You know, we were talking about him before and, uh, you know, he just seems like an all around great uh, addition for us. You know, not only is he offensively doing really well i mean on wednesday he went three for four he had a double a walk two rbis you know he's and we actually won that game you know so it's actually nice Mm -hmm. to see that we have another hot bat in the lineup but that could also you know uh back it up with his you know his defense in center field as well so uh that's a great addition for us no doubt so to not only add a uh you know a hot bat but also someone that backs it up with uh you know great defensive play so you can't ask for much more than that right now yeah yeah definitely had the ring for it for sure yeah so i'm excited no doubt let's get get to the fourth one here and there's really not much to talk about this guy but jacob barnes uh he's made one appearance he's pitched point uh two innings so he's gotten the two outs um and all zeros across the board didn't give him a hit obviously his era zero but didn't strike anybody out didn't walk anybody or anything a uh, quick note about Mr. Bur- uh, Barnes here, excuse me. Um, he's a journeyman that has been with eight different teams in 11 years. Um, that's mm. quite ridiculous. Um, but at this right. point, we're, we're really not, uh, I mean, you know, beggars can't be choosers when it comes to getting pitching, right? So, mm-hmm. um, you know, there's really not, like, for me specifically, there's nothing that jumped out to me. Just, like, he, he pitched well, but he only pitched for two outs. You know what I mean? And didn't do yeah. anything spectacular in that. So. Um, you know, unless either one of you guys want to make a statement around Barnes, uh, I mean, I'm, well, I'm good with moving on. Yeah. I was going to say just real quick, you know, while he was in Memphis, you know, he, uh, you know, for the little short period of time, he was pitching, he pitched for seven, about 17 and two thirds innings pitched. And he posted a 1.53 area with 16 strikeouts. So it, while it was a very, you know, short little stint that he was, uh, pitching per se, uh, it was spread over 11 games, you know, he, he performed well, so it'll be interesting to see, you know, if, uh, you know, he just gets more, uh, more time on the mound, you know, mm-hmm. we just, he didn't really, you know, make an assessment other than, you know, what little bit we've seen so far, which is very, very little so far, but, you know, overall, um, for the Cardinals, you know, that little scent has been successful. So, uh, hopefully, He'll keep it up and we'll keep giving him a shot. Yeah, that's my hope for him is that he can, you know, continue to show that he's, you know, got the game here. Um, yeah. I think he played like in last year and I think it was for the Yankees. He only pitched one game in the major leagues um, mm-hmm. and pretty much had similar results. So, you know, hopefully he can, you know, have that or at least help us along the way. Maybe even, you know, be, become a late inning guy because um, God knows we're going to need it now, um, you know, since we've 
lost a lot of those guys either due to injury or to trades and stuff. Uh, OJ, yeah. anything you want to say about Barnes specifically? Yeah, I was just looking over his career numbers and I want like he's, he's kind of uh, kind of strange. So like basically, he was actually pretty good. He came up with Milwaukee in 2016 and he had great numbers until 2019 when they dealt him. And then from there on out, he's just been like crap, just shit. Mm -hmm. So I wonder what exactly happened. Like if there was some injury that they knew something about other people didn't or what, but yeah, I don't know. So there, I'm just saying that at one point there's a good pitcher in there. So maybe there's a secret to unlocking them or I don't know. (laughs) Yeah. Cause he split times uh, between the Mariners, if I remember correctly or no, 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 no. Uh, Nope. That was, uh, so he had that the three years with Milwaukee and was decent for Milwaukee. And as you said, once he got that, all of a sudden, like his games, uh, his games pitched dramatically dropped as well as his, um, you know, his numbers increased up as well. So maybe something happened. Who knows? Right. Maybe he can get back yeah. in the, the swing of things being part of the Cardinals. Yeah. I, you know, I mean, the main reason they probably got him is just to eat some innings, I guess, this year. I don't know. For sure. I don't know why they. I don't know why they're pitching him because, you know, if we're looking forward to next year, we should maybe try and get another young pitcher up. But I agree. Maybe with they that. don't. Yeah. Maybe they just don't think any of them are ready. They don't want any of them having to even be involved with this season at all. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Uh, well, let's talk about the last guy I have on this list here, and that's Casey Lawrence. Uh, Casey Lawrence has pitched in two games, uh, ERA of 5.0, a whip of 1.67. Yeah, and that's in nine innings that he has pitched total. Uh, nine Ks, three walks. He's given up 12 hits and five runs uh, in that time. You know, OJ, anything about Casey Lawrence's game that kind of spit, uh, speaks out to you at all? No. <laughs> yeah, Jesus, his no. fangrass page is long. <laughs> like, what? That's the 35-year-old I remember. <laughs> So yeah, he's been in the minor league. He's basically been a a career quadruple minor league player. Yeah, yeah. yeah like, that was the one we were not thrilled about. Yeah, <laughs> if you remember. Yeah, we that's who that I was week. trying to think of. Yeah, that was so, the one. Like, yep. Yeah, this is the you're throwing a bone to a guy that spent his entire life, you know, just yeah. toiling away, coming up sometimes, getting sent back down after a few games, like. So throw him a bone, let him ride off in the sunset, I guess. But I guess, but his yeah, his major league career, which is he's gone through for four, six point eight oh ERA in forty four games, and two of those were starts. So yeah, it's eh. not great. It's not <laughs> great. <laughs> yeah. And last year he spent six games in in Toronto, and his uh he went zero and one with a seven point five oh ERA. God, he's had some all in relief as well. He's had so. some good seasons in AAA. I mean, yeah, but he's not going to make it in the majors. God, I mean, he's a dude's thirty-five. Yeah, but like, just, uh, God, it's the weirdest thing. Like, he's his his career is really interesting. If you just look at the levels next to his his name on the Fangraphs mm-hmm. chart, like. Cause he goes from like high, he keeps going up level and down level. Like he's just been bounced around so much. Like he had one season in 2013 where he high A, double A, triple A. Next year he's in double A again. Like <laughs> it's like what the fuck? <laughs> 
He finally like gets there, and then he starts just going back and forth between AAA and MLB, yeah. and then one year in AA again for some reason. So that tells us right there he's not going to be consistent, and don't expect much. So there you go. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's, uh, it tells you that he's, you know, always showed something to get himself promoted to. So. Yeah. Oh, man, that's crazy, though. That's the life of a minor leader right there. Agreed. Well, guys, let's take a look uh, a little forward here. What's the goals for the rest of the season? You know, like <laughs> for me, like there's only three goals that I kind of like had. So I guess I'll just ask the question and we can just have a general conversation around it. Um, but, you know, like maybe we should just shut down any of the injured players if we believe that, you know, they're going to need like longer rest and stuff like that. Obviously, there's not that many games left in the season, it feels like um, at this point. Um, let me do the the quick math here. Uh, one second. I should have been more prepared. Yeah, there's only 34 games left in the season. So, I mean, do we like what? What's your guys' thought process here? Just like shutting down injured players, like Brendan Donovan. Um, you know, obviously yeah. Helsley is going to be gone for the rest of the season. Stuff. Like, what's your what's your thought process and just shutting these guys down, letting them get rest and look. They need to get rest and then. Bring in some of these younger guys, you know, bring in some of our prospects, give them that time like we were talking about last week. You know, I mean, we have nothing else to lose at this point. So let's look at our future and, you know, look at for me, it's like using this time almost like spring training, you know, give guys the opportunity to to come in and just try it out, you know, just see how they're doing, because literally we're, we're not going anywhere anyway. So fuck it we're, we're planning for for you know the future so that's what really what our priority should be is you know getting these guys ready taking this opportunity getting these guys ready so that way you know next season we can you know hopefully next season we can you know, kind of rebound a little bit from where we are this this year for sure but yes yeah, so let's get those guys rested that need the rest because there's no reason to aggravate injuries uh that don't need to be aggravated because you know, we're not fighting for our championship here. So remember that. OJ, what's your thought process there? Well, so I obviously want them to always try to win every game. But, sure. you know, obviously in a season like this, I don't have any problem with them placing more emphasis on the health of their players. Uh, because, you know, every professional sport, every season, you have to make some compromises on health in order to keep guys in the game all season long. Mm-hmm. So, it, you know, it's just really a question of what can they deal with and that kind of stuff really more than anything. So this actually is kind of a really nice opportunity to give them some chance to really rest for an extended period of time that they wouldn't have normally gotten and come mm-hmm. back next year stronger than ever. Yeah. So. Yeah, I don't and I don't even get a jump start on the offseason when it comes to weightlifting or whatever, too. So, like, if, you know, if they're good to go or whatever, you know, I'm just saying, you know, to get your body in shape kind of thing and, you know, whatever you want to do in that aspect of things. But it does feel like it's time to hear Captain Price's voice from Modern Warfare of, you know, mission failed. We'll get him next time. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's kind of what it feels like at this point. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what we should be focused yeah. on, like I said, is the future at this point. So there's no reason to pretend and, you know that we're we're going anywhere this season so that ship has already sailed and i think everybody is aware of that so let's focus on the future like you said it's that's the main thing right now that should be our goal focus on the future getting healthy getting better so we can come out there next year 
be better for sure. Nope. Well, let me ask you, ask you guys here too. Should they have any, any goals for like, Hey, we want to end up like, okay, we have 32 games left of the season. Right. Um, you know, do we are 34, sorry. Um, do we have like a certain win percentage or, you know, do we want to have like, Hey, you know, we're, we know we're not going to get to, we're not going to win the central. Right. But let's try to shoot for fourth or let's try to get to third. Do you think they should have that kind of mindset or do you think that kind of it, like puts more pressures on the rookies makes everybody feel bad? Cause like, Oh great. Our, our major goal now at this point of the season is to not finish last, you know, or sh- should I just let it ride? OJ, what's your thought process on that? I mean, I think you need to do whatever you can to instill some kind of competitive spirit just, in the yeah. clubhouse because, you know, it's really easy. The players see what's going on, too. The front office, I mean, the front office has made it obvious. So the, the players see it, too. So now it now they're not going to be as motivated. And it's hard to, like, not, it's not always easy to just turn it back on again once you've turned it off. Mm-hmm. And I think it can also just set a bad precedent for the rookies. Also, the ones that are up now, they should understand that you're held to a certain standard and you have to meet that standard at a minimum. Uh, You know, this is what we consider acceptable. But, you know, if you start getting all lackadaisical, like, oh, nothing matters anymore this season. Well, then that can seep into the way they prepare for next season, you know. So that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, to your point, they should still be striving to win. I mean, just like every even game. in yeah. every game, even in even in in uh, spring training, they should still be trying to win. It's just the fact is with with this opportunity, we don't have to make those decisions about, you know, benching some players uh, that, you know, uh uh, you know, that are prospects or whatever, we can give them that opportunity to go out there, but we should see them still hustle. We should still see them trying to win because ultimately I would treat it just like spring training in the sense of this is just a really early spring training. You're trying to make the cut for next season. You know what I mean? You just got an extended spring training period where you're going to go out there, show us everything you got. I put it out loud on the field and give our other guys that need a rest, give them that rest but at the same time, you're still trying out to make sure that, you know, you've got a spot for next season, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it, like, it, go on, go on, OJ. Well, I'm, to me, they need to keep approaching each game as if it's a battle. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I don't think they should treat it truly as a spring training type scenario unless it's as like roster construction and stuff. But as far as how they actually manage the way they play and stuff. I think they should treat every game like they need to fight to the nail to win it because that's the that's the way you win championships. You have to have that sort of competitiveness in your game. And it's just too easy to let that kind of mentality slip. So and I think they did this Let's, year. <laughs> so. and, and, uh, and OJ, I completely agree because look at the Blues, right? I, yeah. I feel that. You let these rookies kind of, and I'm speaking more around like the younger players in the team that are now in leadership roles, Kairou, Thomas, and stuff like that. They were on the coattails of Petrangelo, of Steen, of Bo Meester. Uh, these guys that are real workhorses know how to put the work and effort in. All of a sudden, a lot of these guys leave unceremoniously for some, and you're like, well, okay, well, we're so, we're used to this. We've had success at this level, but I don't need to take it to the next level. So then, you know, those guys that are now your new leadership group don't bring it to that next level. So the people below them don't bring it to the next level, right? 
they bring it to the level of their top guys. And I feel that really hurt the blues this year, um, especially towards the end of the season, obviously when we knew that we weren't going anywhere. Um, but I, I felt that it really even, it hurt to me, it hurt roar. It hurt Tarasenko. It hurt everybody because they just kind of were like, well, great. This group isn't giving me anything. So why would I give them anything? You know what I mean? That's so the only I reason why believe- the ice was, you know, Benny and it actually showed some compassion or some anger, you know, where everybody else was just yeah. checked out. Frustration. You know? yeah. yeah. Frustration where everybody else yeah. was checked out. Yeah. 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 So, so yeah, I do they, think it's important and go ahead. No, no. Yeah. No, I was just going to say what you're about to say. So you say, it. yeah. So, you know, I think it is important for them to say, listen, you know, I think that in these next 34, uh, 34 games, let's just try to 500 ball. Yeah. We're going to finish under set, uh, under 500, um, you know, on the season or whatever, but if we can go 17, 17, that's better than what we've done all season long you know, collectively. So uh, maybe you push it and say, you know what, we want to go 20 and 14, you know, I'll try to have a winning record or whatever it looks like. It doesn't matter, but I do believe there needs to be some sort of goals that are set for this stuff. Cause we just can't keep losing games to the pirates. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it, it just, yeah. No, I honestly actually think it's a good time for them to uh, drop the standings like the blues did and just, focus on each individual game. Don't worry about the standings. Mm-hmm. We're not even going to worry about a longer term season goal. We're just going to go out each game trying to win that game. You know what I mean? Doing everything right. we can to win that game and don't worry about the rest of it. Cause that's the mindset you need to be in. If you want to win a lot of games, but maybe start working on that now, <laughs> you know, like, yeah, that's, and that's what I mean. Fighting tooth and nail, like each game, I would like them to treat it as life or death in the clubhouse. I mean, I mean, obviously uh, you're going to take Steven Matz and let him chill till next season now, but <laughs> yeah. you know, other than that, like uh, they should be fighting as hard as they can to win every game. I agree. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see what they end up doing, um, especially now. With the 34 games left and, you know, bringing some rookies up. But let's talk about a team that is fighting tooth and nail every single game um, that I'm very impressed with. And that is STLSC. Uh, City um, is doing pretty well. Uh, quick update. So uh, we've only had one game, obviously, since the last time we talked uh, about this uh, team. But they're 14-2-8 and eight, uh, with 44 points. They're still first in the West. Uh, they're 14 points over yeah. uh, the last play-in spot. Uh, which is a uh, essentially five games um, and uh, 10, uh, 10 games. Excuse me, there's only 10 games remaining in the season, so they look very good uh, mm-hmm. about making the playoffs overall. They're 13 mm-hmm. points ahead of the last non-play-in spot, uh, which is about four and a half games. So the way that, again, it breaks down is um, there are four games, um, which would put them at 12 points, and then that half game is always equated for one tie out of those three um, so that's kind of where the four, uh, four and a half games happens. Uh, we, and then I got a couple more things I want to talk about that are kind of interesting to me. So we're nine points ahead of fifth place, which would be, uh, if we finish in fourth place, we will obviously be guaranteed a home, uh, playoff game, right? So, uh, nine pl- uh, points over that fifth place spot, which is a full three games right now with the, again, those 10 games remaining, we are four points over second place, which is LAFC right now. That's one and a half games uh, back, so we just got to keep winning. Uh, however, we are seven points behind Cincinnati for the Supporter Shield. And for anybody that doesn't know what the Supporter Shield is, that's mm-hmm. the top regular season team in MLS. And that's two and a half games behind. It looked like Cincinnati was just going to run away with it, but 
they have not looked very good uh, lately. They've actually lost, I think, their last two games in MLS. Uh, they got dominated yeah. by uh, Columbus, either 3 0 or 4 0. Um, yeah, but you know, Columbus is like getting real, they're getting real hot though, too. Like, they're yeah, starting they to look like a real good team. So, I did have a question. Was, for I mean, they lost to a good oh. team in Columbus, that's for sure. For sure. Adam, go ahead, bud. I was going to say, so. And speaking of which, because we obviously know, you know, the curse of the uh, the president's trophy with, uh, you know, with hockey. Uh, is there any sort of stigma? No, no stigma so here. Last year, okay. last year, the uh, Sporter Shield went to LAFC and LAFC uh-huh. won the uh, won the uh, tournament as well. Gotcha. Yeah, I just know sometimes being in first, you know, we've seen that's in other sports from time to time, you know, going in you know, on the top of, uh, you know, most games or most points, you know, over everyone else, sometimes you have a disadvantage sometimes. So I was just curious then from an MLS perspective, I wasn't sure. So here's an actual interesting fact that kind of goes around to that, right? So in, if you look at the president's trophy in that first quote unquote curse, right? Cause obviously there's been teams that, you know, won the president's trophy, um, that, you know, won it all like Chicago did not terribly too long ago, but, the interesting thing about that is the reason why I believe that the president's trophy is a, like the curse is that those eight of those ace spot teams had a fight for the last month and a half when the president's trophy knew that they were going to go in right now. Mm-hmm. Why does that matter? Because it's a seven game series. It's mm-hmm. not just one and done. And I think that's the reason why you don't see that issue at all for like NFL um, it, it, little bit with M- uh, uh, NBA, uh, although NBA feels like it's kind of a crapshoot, like in general. Um, but like it, it, for any of the others, it, it doesn't really happen that much because it's most of the time it's a play in, or it's a playoff game. It's a literally a one and done um, yeah. situation. You're not playing um, a massive series uh, against it. You know what I mean? So, but when you take a look at it in the first two games, if you just look at them isolated, the first two games, most of the time, the president's trophy teams are dominate those. They're either two and zero or one and one at the at the, the series. Uh, you know those two games uh, pictures. They always seem to do pretty well at the very beginning, and then obviously you have your you know your your exceptions where they get swept or whatever have you. But typically mm-hmm. they look pretty decent at the beginning of the uh, beginning of that. It's just when when the things get really amped up by that eighth place team because now they're continuing to fight for their lives. The big dog can't uh, like is so used to feeding. That they're just not used to have those junk uh, those uh, uh, junkyard uh, bulldog instincts. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. Interesting. Just a yeah, just an introspective. Yeah, I was just I guess, curious, you know, from because since we were on the topic of you know uh, overall, you know, best performance in uh, both conferences or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Yep. Um, so let's take a look real quick about the Austin game. Uh, which was the game that happened on Saturday. I know that we all watched it or at least watched parts mm-hmm. of it. Uh, uh, just quick uh, recap here. Goals from Tim Parker. Uh, Giannacci uh, got two goals. Uh, and then Giochini. Giochini. <laughs> what did I say? Oh, Joe my God. Dude. I'm, I'm, yeah, so Giannacci is actually um, – no, Giannacci is a hockey player. Then you got me thought, think of that. Giannacci was a Finland player or whatever, if I remember correctly. It's spelled completely different, but that I think that's where that came from. Sorry. It's Anyways, all right. Uh, yeah. Uh, so two goals Yeah, well, yeah, for sure. I mean, that's a global sport. So it's not like you, yeah. know, you get used to like <laughs> NHL. Everyone's like, there are some really weird names in NHL, yeah. like Taze. It's spelled like Taze. Well, yeah. 
Because you, know, you get yeah, you get yeah. Eastern Europeans yeah. coming over, and you're like, okay. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say I work with a bunch yeah. of Eastern Europeans, and I butcher their names every, you know, like all people's time, new yeah. new names all the time, and they always correct me, and I'm like, yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah. Like one of our coworkers' <laughs> name is spelled M A R I A, right? So Maria, but it's not. That's how you say it in Serbian, it's Maria. M A R I J A, yeah. M A R I J A. Yeah, exactly. Maria. Yeah, Maria. Yeah, Maria. So like, it's just interesting how like different inflection or like um, there's as, kind of what you brought up earlier, OJ, when we're talking about Palacios was like the the action marks or the, really like the different uh, like uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like inflections on the word, you know what I mean? Or emphasis yeah, on yeah. specific like parts of the word. So it's interesting. Um, but Ostrek uh, also got a goal, too. Um, I am. <laughs> little irritated at Gio, like passed up a hat trick. I mean, he was in the box, easily could have gone to goal, but he decided to pass it off there. I was yeah. a little upset. That would have been you know, a high. That would have been like the top yeah. play of the week if For he sure. scored there, because he made that defender just go sliding oh all my the way gosh. past yeah. him when Broke he pulled his up ankles. with the ball. Like, <laughs> that would have yeah. been like he posterized that dude. <laughs> He did. Like, yeah, he, he MLS post-wise. I mean, it, it broke his ankles, dude. It was a very yeah. good, very good look. Um, so, anyways, those but are the with goals that, we got. Though, we won the go on. Adam. Yeah, I was gonna say, but with that though, that put Giacchini up to uh first uh City SC player to actually hit 10 goals. So yep. that's quite a milestone. Now at there you go. yeah, for sure. Yep, yep. He had a hell of a um, he did. He really did. I think his ranking or his rating, his grade was 9.2, um, which I'm like 9.2. I think like he made some mistakes. So I don't think he de- definitely deserved a 10. Um, and he didn't have like an offensive juggernaut performance, like four goals. That's just going to immediately get you in a 10. But I thought he was at least a 9.7, 9.8 on the ranking. But, you know, whatever. Um, anyways, uh, speaking of really good rankings, uh, another one that got 9.6 in this game was Berkey, which is just freaking ridiculous. I know I reach out to both of you guys. I'm like, this guy's inhuman. Like, he's like a freaking cyborg up there. Berkey just stands on his head like Martin Brodeur. It is crazy. Up, I mean, like up close, the game is still two one or whatever at the point, and you have this goal, like this ball in a free release comes over and it's point blank shot. No way he's saving this ball and gets his hand on it and deflects it over the bar. Like, are mm-hmm. you kidding me? Like yeah. several times he was composed. He was able to make the saves. I mean, it's just ridiculous. Like Berkey. Uh, to me, I he's got to be up there for one of the contenders for the uh, for the MVP. You know what I mean? Um, I don't think he'll win it because there's a lot of goal scoring that happens. And unfortunately, if Lionel Messi continues to do really well, I guarantee you he'll win the fucking MVP, even though I don't believe he deserves it. Um, and what I mean by that, obviously, he's been phenomenal since he's come over the MLS. I mean, but it would be like – it would take, like, Inter-Miami from, like – literal cellar dwellers to like winning the championship or playoffs even is like insane. And it's literally just cause they added him. If that so happens, here's the, here's the funny mean? thing though. OJ, OJ, <laughs> this is the craziest thing. So ESPN's power rankings before Messe had them at the very bottom of the league. Now they're 14th. Yeah. <laughs> what? Like they're 14th. And so they have, t- we have 10 games remaining. You know how many games they need to win to get to the playoffs? This is all, you know, like they're, it's not mathematical, but this is what it's expected. They have to win eight out of those 10 games with at least one point over the nine or 10. Wow. So essentially they have to go eight, one, and one. 
to be able to make the playoffs. That's how fucking far yeah. behind they are. But because Jesus. Lano Messe yeah. is God, apparently, to everybody they in could soccer. Do it. I get it. The guy's amazing, but yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, I like, fucking shit that we'll set up, like, a set piece for, and, like, you know, Leuven will make a nice little hit and try and get it in, into the goal and stuff. Like, Messi just scores on those routinely. So, like, yeah, he's basically an unstoppable weapon, at least – uh, at the level of defense that people tend to play in MLS. MLS kind of tends to leave a lot of space compared to the European leagues from what I hear. So, But that's putting all of your, you know, all of your eggs in one bag, basket, so to speak, you know, with him. Yeah. And that's like, that's kind of scary too, because what happens, like you know, titanium basket. <laughs> well, yeah, but what happens if something, ha- you know, what happens if, he get, like, you know, if he's injured or whatever, he has to go out, the then they're just going to yeah, go but, shit again. You know what I mean? That's right. The point so I'm OJ too. Yeah. yeah to, OJ, uh, to Adam's point, you know, the problem is it's not even this year. It's next year. If Messi goes down for an extended period, what do they of time do next year? Oh, Inter yeah. Miami is going to be the worst. They're fucked. They have been for yeah. the past three years. So, yeah, like, so they really don't. And they're hoping that Messi is going to be able to bring over some of his Argentinian friends. I'm not hearing that this doesn't mean that he wouldn't deserve the MVP, though. <laughs> uh, like, that yeah, sounds I, like I a don't... pretty good case for him deserving the MVP. Well, I wouldn't necessarily put him in MVP category if they have a losing season. They don't even make well, it. Yeah, that's but what I'm saying. It's the only reason yeah. they lost is because he was down. Like, it de- I guess it depends how much he contributes to the season before he goes down. Like, if it's in, like, I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> it's a little off topic. Yeah, I mean, like, it, it, so the thing – so I take a look at it, and I look at this comparatively, like, to the NFL, which, OJ, we all know that you don't like the NFL, so this might kind of fall in some deaf ears. But, you know, you take a look at, like, the MVP race, like Patrick Mahomes, for example, who went last year. He was going up against Josh Allen. He was going up against – and I can't remember who else was really, like, up at the top of that list. But Josh Allen – say Burrow? Um, or... was, oh, Burrows. That's right. Yeah. So it was going up against Burrows for the most part. Burrows gets injured. Uh, Cincinnati loses a couple of those games that, uh, that, he would get, that he's out of. I think it's actually just won the game that he was out of. But immediately, Burroughs was not no longer in the conversation yeah. for MVP. Yeah. Because, and it's not because it, like his team lost, but it's for the fact that he wasn't there the entire time. And that's what, like, what, at least in, in NFL, weighs like pretty heavy if they can finish the season. Definitely. Right? Definitely. Um, you know, but for me, and I, I agree with you on one hand that, like, so say, like, Miami makes a stellar run and they end up getting to the MVP. Okay, you know what? At that point, yeah, I believe that Lionel Messi deserves the MVP 100% because they wouldn't be in that situation without Messi. I know that. But if they don't, right, let's say they split this 10 games, they go five and five or maybe even six and four. I'll give them that one. They go six and four. I don't believe that they deserve it because they have a losing record. And and yes, the only reason why you got brought up is, yeah, exactly. It's because you have an eighth grader that's playing uh, playing soccer against fourth graders. You know what I mean? That's what it kind of feels like. But at the same time, it doesn't matter. The next year, he can definitely win it, and he most likely will if he continues scoring at this rapid pace. But you know what? Another argument for Lionel Messi being the most, like the most valuable player in the MLS, and maybe I'll eat my words for this because I don't know. But I would assume if you compare what he's getting paid to what every other player in the league is getting paid, it's probably uh, quite a bit more than them. And oh, well, yeah, for sure. Remember, there's all these 
controversies about Messi won't play on turf. <laughs> like, come on, this dude. Yeah, we're like, gonna have to change everything up just for him. The same species. <laughs> Yeah, but God, for me that ridiculous. doesn't necessarily make make them MVP quality to me. You know what I mean? I'm not trying to take it away from him, but I just you know. don't think you can't. I can't. I, tra- I can't take what he did before and translate it into now. You know what I mean? Like he, I don't. Know. He's I, only been here for a very short period of the season. Yeah, and he like instantly turned <laughs> Miami into a threat, like a legitimate threat to every team in the league now. Like they went far in league's cup <laughs> but the league's like, cup doesn't mean anything crazy. though in MLS when it comes to MVP I know yeah, oh I know I know I'm just okay you're right we should not say that my apologies yeah because that's and that's what no no you're you're fine man because that's that's the difference though between he's done some ridiculous like good things right but at the same time like I, I mean what is he actually like here I'm going to take a look at his actual stats you know, hopefully minus out, um, you know, what would, what happened uh, in the cup? Obviously he's played, I think three games, if I remember correctly, three, four games, uh, one second. Yeah. I'm not uh, sure how much he's played. MLS, MLS so far. That's what I'm saying. So MLS. Yeah, it's not been much. So I know I'm saying to say has, it. Yeah. It has no stats for him. That doesn't make any sense. Okay. I'm looking at it. Yeah, they, like, they have zero nothing. Wow. Everything's blank. MLS. Oh, I'm telling you right now, though, like the MLS MLS.com is uh, it, it's terrible. Like it, it's it's so bad and they wonder why they're so far behind on some of these other big like mainstream things. It's because like your your site is just not easy to use. And I, I don't believe that's true. I'm pretty okay. sure Messe has played in MLS. Actually, game. okay. Well, hold on. I'm looking at this article. When did this article come out? This was on the 20th, and it's saying that he hasn't scored anything for the MLS. It's all been in League's Cup. Okay, so then, How much yeah, has so he played? He is, yeah, that's so he hasn't played an MLS game then? He can't, yeah, because he can't have played... Even He's only been in the league's MLS cup game then. without having scored a goal. Right? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. But so he anyway. he won't win the MVP yet because he hasn't done shit yeah. in the MLS. There my we go. Is, Settle that. <laughs> my point is, anyway. if the season plays out like League's Cup did for Miami, if the rest of the season plays out the same way, then it would be like the most. It'd be just like a complete night and day turnaround just from adding one yeah, guy. hundred percent. Yeah. Like. Yeah. I agree with you on that, but it's just one of those things. And no, he has not. That's fucking crazy. Nope. I thought he played at least cup. one or two. Nope. They've been League's Cup or they've been the Open Cup as well. And Well, apparently he is set to start the Open Cup versus Cincy, apparently. Uh, I don't know when that is. That's on... The Open Cup's getting close to being done, so they Maybe probably like pushed back I... some regular matches to uh, flex them for those, so... Yeah, they, they have because of the fact that Miami has made it further in. I think they uh, have like two games in hands on some of their counterparts in the East Oh, I guess it was well. yesterday. Yeah, so apparently Messi, uh, Unreal, pow- Unreal Assist Powers enter Miami to Open Cup. So apparently that was yesterday. I guess he, gave, he had an assistant there. I don't know, but that was going to the Open Cup. So, yeah, so yeah. we won't see MLS numbers from him for probably a second then. Yeah. Yeah. And that's my point, you know. So, like, again, when it just comes to the MVP for this league specifically. Now, 
to the counterpoint that you kind of brought up, OJ, he's got to be the MVP for the name recognition that he's bringing to the MLS. He's bringing in more sponsors, he's bringing more dollars. I mean, everything was sold out in, in for City, and tickets were going for seven hundred fucking dollars up in you know the like in the, the top God. not great tickets. Some people see made good money off that shit. Yeah, hundred <laughs> percent because they didn't recognize that he wasn't going to be playing in at St. Louis next year. It's going to be interesting to see what happens. But yeah, you know that's, what I mean. Like that's some scamming shit, man. Those people are scammers. <laughs> Yep. Well, again, it's just people rushing and not understanding. Yeah, they hear the hype. I mean, yeah. I would be so mad if that was me. Thank God. Paying seven hundred freaking bucks, and (laughs) I mean, and he's not—he's not. (laughs) Not not only was he not on the bench, he wasn't even in the United States. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that would be very disappointing. To pay seven hundred bucks for that, it's like uh, I could have paid that seven hundred bucks, and I could have sat on the field, you know, and had and be like freaking VIP shit, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but Whatever. you know, I think I think this all kind of started off with Josh talking about Rowan Berkey. <laughs> yeah, I guess yeah, we need to get back to the whole. We need to, yeah, you're right. We need to get back to the game because we, I want, I did want to make a couple of points because you actually mentioned it. Uh, about Leuven as well, you know, in his impact, uh, you know, or how, you know, Messi would just get in there and do it where well, Leuven actually, you know, he was uh, looking for to create awesome opportunities and really help control the game and set up some of his teammates for goals because he got three assists during the match. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, should have been five. Should have been five. Should have been five. You're five, right. Yeah. 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 But I have to say yeah. Leuven has been, you know, very impactful in the midfield for sure for us. Oh, oh yeah, like Leuven is an absolute stud. Yeah. So I mean that was a <laughs> record breaking three assists in a single game. So for him. Yeah, for us, yeah. Yeah, and yeah, for us. Like, it, mm-hmm. God, he had a couple of balls that he kicked, like good long distance passes that led to mm-hmm. just perfectly. Perfect weight, no, yeah, like, the, oh my god. Perfect pace, the perfect weight, like perfectly everything. The, the, again, that sin pass to Gio that should have been Gio's third goal that he ended up passing in the box was just brilliant. Yeah. It was a thing of absolute brilliance. I mean, it, it, oh, was, got it one, was pretty uh, impressive. Actually, the, 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 say, the first goal. Up to, uh, well, I was going to say he got one up to AZL Jackson, too. That, and then mm-hmm. the guy just literally just bodied him off yeah. the ball. Like, he basically had a breakaway, and the guy's like, oh, I'm just going to knock you over now. And they didn't call <laughs> a free kick or anything. Yeah, I was like, They didn't what? call anything. I was like, I was very surprised. Are they a lot of, like, that ref, like you saw it happen like three or four times for us specifically, where they did like one of those turn, like like those turns. So, like they'll grab the ball, they got their back to the defender, and they send the ball past them and just try to run past them. And the yeah. like the defender literally uses two hands to push the player, not like to stop him from getting the ball, but to, like push him away so it slows them down. It happened four times yeah. and they call anything. I'm like, how is that not like? impeding his ability to get to the ball i mean in hockey that's what we call interference so how is that not a foul you know what i mean yeah, and like, I don't now know. instead of being able to run a straight line you have like <laughs> i don't know but i was very like eh, it's it's one thing if you're shoulder bumping or like kind of like using an elbow chicken wing and i'm out but twice the defender you could tell he was just frustrated and was on their left it was a, their left back he literally like as he turns to his left and we have we have a player run up on the right whether it was jackson uh jackson got caught twice on that 
in Gio, I think I caught once too. He literally takes both of his hands and pushes him as he's continuing to run. So now instead of running a straight line, you kind of have to run like a little hook to be able to catch up to it. It was just like, nah, I didn't, I didn't like that at all. But, you know, anyways. Yeah. Um, no, I, I do agree. It kind of felt like game management, you know, like the NHL a little bit. Because like, yeah, I believe at the time of the event I was talking about, they were up 3 nothing at that point. They were up 3-0, correct. Yeah. So I think that maybe the ref was trying to not – because, I mean, if they had called a free kick on that, it would have been right outside the box. So that would be like – Yeah, and if we score, it's 4-0. <laughs> really like, we get more chippy. Yeah, exactly. exactly. So, yeah. I, you know, I, yeah. it reeked of that kind of bullshit from the NHL. But, you know, what are you going to do? Yeah. So let me ask you guys some questions here before we get out uh, – head on out here. Um, you know, really just two of them that I have. Um, does the late – the two late goals – Cause concern for City. Obviously, they scored, I think, at the 87th minute, and they scored mm-hmm. at uh, 90 plus one. Obviously, we scored as well. You know, we ended the game and uh, with a goal. Yeah, with 90, a goal, uh, yeah. Uh, was well, yeah. an awesome uh, ending yeah. too. You didn't even yeah. talk about yeah. Sam and Dineron. Like, that yeah, that's a, a good point too. Yeah, yeah, yeah he Dineron, that pretty that picture there. Yes. Is, oh my god, that <laughs> was an insane strike. The it first goal he had, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, like he's like were. facing the opposite corner on the left side, and with his left foot, hits far co- top corner. It, like it, what? It is <laughs> like he like stabbed at it too. Like it was weird. Like his his entire momentum was taken up to the right. Like, he just kind of like stabbed at it with his left foot. <laughs> he perfect bend in the top right corner. Like what the hell just happened? Yeah, <laughs> like, like that's crazy. a good shot. <laughs> yeah, and I can't uh, I can't remember their their goalie's name, but he's a decent goalie too. But like the key, like he was literally like, "What the fuck just happened?" Like he's literally in a yeah. spot. The ball gets up, and he just kind of looks at it. He's like, "How did that go in?" Like it was crazy. <laughs> that was a, an amazing left foot shot for sure. Yeah, it was. But let's get back to the question here. Uh, does the late the uh, the two late goals cause uh, concern for Considi? OJ, I'll start with you here. I mean, do you have concerns that we gave too late up, or do you think it was just from fatigue because it was excessively hot out, and we kind of already had the game in the bag? Uh, to me, it is kind of concerning because I think our back line can be our biggest weakness at some, sometimes, uh, certainly in some games, they seem to get, you know, balls kicked over their head and stuff. I mean, I don't know that it was their problem tonight, but I do think that city kind of tends to have issues with being too lax defensively at times because they're pressing obviously so it can make it difficult but i think this last game they got up big early and they kind of relaxed a little bit mm-hmm. and also it was super hot out because of the heat index like it's yeah, it like yeah, it was like 86 feels like 104 <laughs> like what <laughs> yeah they, like, those God, guys were drenched everybody was drenched. It just be raining already <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was miserable so, so I can yeah, imagine, no, yeah, they were tired as hell, and so was other team. Because that's why there's a lot of sloppy defense. That's why there was nine goals scored. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I definitely would have liked to see them play cleaner defense after they had the lead. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's not a huge concern for me. It's more of just like a problem they have also kind of showing it showing up. That's true too. I do believe that, again, it definitely felt like that towards the end of the game 
Like when you hit like the 80th minute, like it was exhaustion everywhere around. Unless you were a sub, you were just completely exhausted. Like even moving yeah. like showed like he was still calm and composed, but like there was a couple of times where he kicked the ball, expecting it to be able to bend around. It just didn't have the same um, didn't have the same weight, um, you know, to it to be able to send out and stuff like that. So I do believe that some of that has to do just with exhaustion, um, for sure. Yeah. You know, but it, you know, I think that um that's something that they can just say, okay, we understand. Like this, is what's going on? But we have to be able to close games out, right? Right. Um, and, and let's also talk real quick too. You I mean what do we like about City's attack in this game? I mean, because you know, we saw that Austin was a team on the rise, and they ran into a juggernaut of uh, of STLSC right now. Adam, mm-hmm. what you what did you like about the the St. Louis attack in this game? Yeah, I was gonna say those guys came out. You know, with uh, you know, first of all, they came out with a lot of lot of energy and whatnot, but also from a goalkeeping perspective, just some of the most insane saves that I've seen. I know we were kind of chatting about that along the way, you know, so from a defensive perspective, like just blew me away, but it, it was just everything going right for us again, you know, just, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. we, we look for opportunities to score and, you know, um, they, they didn't let up until, you know, like until they started getting fatigued at the very end. And, uh, you know, and also the fact is that, you know, from a goal, we have one of the best goalkeepers in in the fucking league with hands down. It's just incredible. So that with a combination of both of those things, we're going to continue to win and we're going to continue to dominate. Yeah, about about Berkey, I was going to say that dude's uh, he's like freaking, he ought to be in a higher league. <laughs> yeah, the dude's nuts. Like, no, yeah, it just we didn't freaking, talk about him at all for the game but like yeah yeah he saved their ass in that game because literally reminds me of like 2019 and and benny again you know just like standing on his head like some of that Mm -hmm. shit you were like how did he save this shit like superhuman things absolutely (laughs) the fact that we still gave up three shows how sloppy our defense was yeah (laughs) agreed yeah Especially towards the end, you know what I mean? Like the penalty, yeah. that's going to be really hard for a keeper to stop. Oh, yeah. But the last 50-50. two goals, right, that we gave up at 87 and uh, 90 plus one. Those two yeah. goals, I mean, he he was yelling at his defense because he knew it was on his defense. He, you know, mm-hmm. again, fatigued or tired. But, you know, you go from, okay, I was one PK away from a clean sheet to, okay, we gave up three goals now. Like, come on. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. But, you know, there is more hope too because in the second half they did put in uh they did put in some subs uh guys that haven't been with the organization that long uh so like joakim nilson they played him he only played like maybe a couple two three games with saint s city sc or city two and then other than that he's been hurt the, the whole season so like he's still working back into form all together you know and actually they all are so you know yeah. those guys are working into it so you can understand why there might be less team cohesion when you put those guys out there yeah communication breakdown yeah yeah, yeah. but and that's that actually goes into my last last question here too you know what does this team look like when they're fully healthy when you have nielsen that's got his feet you know fully wet and he's in the pool now at this point when klaus comes back i mean it, this team just looks yeah unreal right now and i think that you yeah. know you do. You got to be able to. Geo and, and Klaus both need to be, I think, in the in the attack. But at the same time, like you might be able to, you know, take Klaus off the bench 
because like, you know, he's just a big body and does things differently. Mm-hmm. And so all of a sudden yeah. now, like if you go up against a smaller speedier guy, Jackson, Geo, these guys, like all of a sudden now you got Klaus is giant. You're already, if you're a center back, you're already ridiculously tired. You got a guy going up against you with fresh legs, fresh ideas, and now can just oh, like outpower you. Yeah. I think it's a really great problem to have for, well, for city. Yeah. I was glad oh, yeah. to have that, that, uh, you know, as, as unfortunately we didn't perform well, you know, in the uh, league's cup or whatever, as we were hoping, but, uh, I'm glad that we had that opportunity you know, take some time and, you know, let some of these guys, you know, do some, get some rest as well, because now we're going to come back, you know, after that break. And I think just completely dominate again um, and finish really strong. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Go on, OJ. Well, I was going to say for me, I mean, if you think about the forward group, I mean, not only will you have Joe Keeney, who's your leading goal scorer right now, you have Klaus coming back. Sam with dinner on has definitely earned time out there. And then you've got Note V. Thorson joining the team soon. Who, who didn't look bad. Forward like, also yeah. a large guy, 6'2", mm-hmm. however many pounds, you know. But another guy kind of like fill the Klaus and a dinner on kind of role. It's really nice having those tall forwards like that. For sure. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think this team is really built well. I think the the yeah. construction of the roster has been phenomenal, and they, they have heart, too. And that's the thing oh, yeah. that me, I absolutely love about it is that they have heart. And we, we in you know, St. Louis, we love heart more than we love results. Like, I hate to say it like that, but, I mean, we're used to kind of winning it because of the Cardinals and stuff. But for years and years and years, the Blues were a fun product to watch, even though they were losing. You know what I mean? They went out there and tried years. It was the years when David Backus was coming up, TJ Oshie, David Braun, uh, Petrangelo, you know, even Berglund, uh, although I don't want to ever mention Patrick Berglund ever again. Um, it, those guys, when they're coming up, they were really exciting because you could see the talent um, that they had coming up, but also, too, that they wanted to win. They were out there. They were young. They were hungry. They just didn't get the results um, that, you know, led to that. But that's where City, I think, is different. Not only are we getting results, but you can see the passion that we have in the fans. You know what I mean? Like just coming up with some like random stuff. Did you did you hear the the chant that they were uh that they were saying after Berkey made that first save, that point blank save? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They didn't and, make and, like they just made that up. No, no, <laughs> no. I know one, that. Though, I never I heard it. Yeah, that's yeah. a new one. It's not it's it's not one that I heard before, but you know, saying Berkey in the the form of zombie by the cranberries. That was freaking crazy. That was cool to me, yeah. but it just shows passion. I know that the players draw energy off that because it looked like, yeah. you know, the game was very tight, uh, tightly contested. We get that first goal. Energy gets just completely racked up. And all of a sudden the, the you know, city just goes to a different gear that Austin couldn't keep up with. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I definitely believe that is, uh, you know, that definitely goes into it as well, that these, these players match the heart of St. Louis. And hopefully we can, uh, you know, pump, come down with an MLS chip. That'd be awesome in our first year being champions. It'd be great. Yeah, I mean, you can really go down the list of people that play, and they all have had good moments. Like, they're all mm-hmm. good players. It seems like we just have a lot of decent, solid players. I mean, and now that we're getting Joaquin Nielsen back, I mean, he's a center back, if I'm not mistaken. And he was yeah, in yep. – when we signed him, we were intending for him to be our starter at that position or one of our right. starters at that position. 
and uh, obviously he got hurt. So it, once he gets in the flow, like to me, our, our back line has kind of been our biggest weakness at times. I feel like they get burned too much uh, yeah. at times. Um, some of it's the style of play, but some of it is I don't think that we're as fast back there as we might like to be. Um, but anyway, this guy coming back could really uh, help shore up what I consider to be a weakness of ours currently and uh, just make us all the more dangerous. So a lot of things I to agree. look forward to. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like, again, the, the rest of the season is going to be interesting. We only got 10 games left. You know, I, I'm sitting there going, all right, if we can win, go 500, right, uh, and go five and five, that's 15 extra points put on top of it. Well, that means that nobody, uh, let's see, that means that if we if we win an extra 15 points, that means we would get, be guaranteed a home, a home spot, essentially. Um, we are only nine points ahead. I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see, but. Yeah, I'm very excited to see what City can do uh, for the rest of the way here. Um, yeah, I think they'll do great. Some more W's. Yeah, exactly. we will. No doubt about it. All right, guys. Well, let's head here to our sign off. Uh, Adam, you want to tell the good listeners here where they can reach out to us and interact with us? Yes, definitely. Hook up with our Facebook at facebook.com slash the hometown losers, L-O-U-S-E-R-S. Uh, give us a like, a share, comment, uh, tell your buddies. Uh, also, check us out on the new Twitter, which is also known as x.com slash hometown losers. And give us a re a X or retweet or whatever they call it nowadays. Well, we appreciate your, yeah, re-X or re-X us, whatever you want to do. Just talk to us, please. We're lonely. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> All right, OJ, what do you have for the game of the week? So I'm going to do two games this time, and it's actually for more uh-huh. like almost two weeks. So they're both St. Louis City games. They're both St. Louis City games, and the first one obviously is on 826 uh, at Orlando, but then the next one is 830, so that's on a Wednesday believe it or not, at uh, yeah. 7.30 p.m. against FC Dallas. So that's why I brought two games up, because we won't be back on Ooh. before they happen. Or those so, games, and yeah. also, yeah, hopefully people hear this and realize that that's happening and they don't miss it. So so that's it. Uh, on 8.30, 7.30 p.m., you got Dallas here. And on 8.26 at 6.30 p.m., St. Louis will be in Orlando. Those are my games of the week. Sounds good. Well, appreciate the heads up on that. We do have, again, two MLS games, which is very rare nowadays. But, you know, again, yeah. it's uh, it'd be good. Hopefully two W's that we can have there. So, yep. all right, guys. Well, at, as always, it was fun talking to you guys. I appreciate you. I appreciate the listeners as well. You can catch us next week here on the Hometown Losers Podcast. Have a great night, everybody. Hey, this is Josh. Thanks for checking out and tuning in to the Hometown Losers podcast. Check us out next week as we continue our silliness and talk a little bit about the St. Louis sports scene. Catch you next week.